Welcome to Story House. This is chapter number seven, Be Better Best, How to Pursue the Perfect Balance to Build an Exceptional Brand. My name is Barry Chandler. I'm here with my co-host, Brad Sarconi. This is an exciting episode. Brad, can you start by explaining to us what you mean by Be Better Best? Yeah, Be Better Best is the um, idea of working on a balance for the brand. And when we talk about the balance of a brand, what we mean is between its original expression, so that's what the brand wants to be, that is its voice, that's what it wants to articulate, it's its declaration, it's um, really an emotional explication of the brand. So the brand's expression is to be. Uh, When we talk about better, we want better what? We need better experiences in brand. So when brand moves from expression, it then moves next into its real-world activations through experience. And and there we say that those experiences all need, need to be better. And the last and final point is best. Best is the expectation, the relationship between the consumer um, and the brand itself. So brand expectations involve these things of pre or post promises, uh, trust, motives, hope. All three of these um, columns, these drivers between expression, experience, and expectation must be in balance. We were just talking um, about this today. I know that you're working actually on a model for this that talks about a sweet spot, if you will, inside the brand where a brand can be productive and profitable. Oftentimes, uh, companies will create brand expression and ignore brand experience or think that that expression is being articulated in experience, and, and indeed it is not when they read uh, how a consumer or they get receive feedback of how, how the, um, uh, the brand expression did not meet consumer expectations. So what we're saying here is, on what we're proposing, and what the bulk of this episode, this chapter number seven is going to be about, is that the, the most exceptional brands understand that the intersection of their experience, their expression, and their expectation, that intersection is where the exceptional brand is built. And what we're going to try and dissect today and help you, the business owner, CEO, or CMO, is how to understand those three elements in a way that helps you make decisions. Uh, Because each of these points triggers a whole other set of decisions, which we'll go into in another chapter, and we can touch on lightly here. But the notion that there is a formula for building an exceptional brand, there's no such thing as perfect alignment of all three, but where they even slightly overlap, that intersection point indicates that we're onto something fantastic, something exceptional. And we're going to go through each point, I guess, in a little bit more depth to truly understand how any business, large or small, can become a fantastic, exceptional brand. That's right. And, and, and the first point is, do you have a brand ex- expression? Typically, a brand expression, obviously, as we said earlier, it, it's voice, it's articulation, it's declaration. Those can be, um, I would say, the easiest of the three drivers to complete in the brand, it's also the most dangerous because you can get caught in your own uh, belief system that doesn't necessarily work well in experience. And we know that probably the most difficult section of brand uh, of this idea of be better best, 
brand expression, brand experience, brand expectation is the most difficult section is in the experience. So on this point of expression, though, so any brand, so an expression is really just a brand's manifesto for itself, right? It's what you sit down, any business owner can sit down and say, here's what I believe my brand is. Whether it's true or not, we'll, we'll get to later. But right. it's their belief, right, out of the gate. Uh, for for us at Zirconian Associates, our expression is that we uh, build great brands, create great brand experiences through differentiation, relevance, and value, right? That could be that could be our expression. Yeah, it is. And so we then have to live up to that through our the experiences our customers have with us, our clients have with us, and their expectations have to be met all the way along. We've touched on other in other chapters uh, about how this notion of a brand anatomy, which is the the exercise that we do to deep dive into developing that brand expression, really is a very that's a very academic and creative deep dive to get you get you to the point where you understand truly who you are, right? But there's easy ways to do that for a brand, right? They can sit down and just write on the back of a napkin mm-hmm. what their expression is and who they believe they are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, well said. It can be that simple. It can be a line or two. Um, the other thing that, you know, you should first ask yourself, do you have an expression in your brand? Oftentimes, brands... Um, are operationalized, productized, but they don't have a brand expression. They're not good at expressing their philosophy or articulating, as you said, their manifesto of who they are. So the first question is, do you have one? If you don't, how do you get one? That's simple. Start with a, you know what, what we call you know transparent honesty. Just start writing what you really believe the brand is or what the brand wants to be. Oftentimes you want to write ahead of the brand. So maybe when you express the brand, not what it is today, because as a CMO or CEO or business owner, you may know, well, gosh, we're only 70% of the way there. So you want to write toward the future. You want to write a persona that you can believe in, but we also don't want it to be Disneyland. It has to be something that's a persona that's achievable through what? Through the next section, which is called the brand experience. Okay, that's that's great. Uh, and I guess this this whole... This, this expression is, is fundamental. Like I'm recommending now, I think you'll do exactly the same. No business should move forward to experience because how can you design an experience unless you know what you're trying to do? Right? So this may sound very rudimentary, but it's actually profound that there, are, there, there really are only three elements to any, three grand elements to any brand. Apple, uh, Microsoft, doesn't matter who, who we're talking about. Jenny's Ice Cream. There are right. three elements, and they've all started somewhere, or maybe they've retrofit after they've operationalized, as is, as is the case of many businesses. But they have to start with this expression. And we're going to put in the show notes a diagram or a very rough sketch of this model to help everybody understand exactly what we mean by this intersection of the three points. That's right. And so the second point is the brand experience, you know, creating brand experiences. Now, these can be in a virtual world. They can be in a tangible world. They can be through referrals. They can be passive. They can be latent. They can be aggressive. Brand experiences are happening all the time through a a litany of ways. Uh, And one of the terminologies that we use is a list, a portfolio of trust points or touch points, touch points that farewell with consumers or farewell with B2B prospects, turn from touch points to trust points. So the experience 
the brand experience is one of the most difficult um, pillars to keep aligned with an expression. An expression, obviously, is a bit more obtuse. It is can be philosophical by its aspirational birth. Um, so while, while an expression may be uh, simpler to write down and uh, live by, the experiences you have to ask yourself how do the experiences reinforce the expression so let, let's let's take an example of that a real world example could be a restaurant that has said we provide we strive to provide the most amazing service serving the most local and freshest of foods in a energetic environment whatever it might be that's their expression now their experience is Every interaction the customer has had from making a reservation to sitting at their table to meeting the server to getting the first plate, all of these touch points are what need to be designed out of the expression. So if you spend all your time building the expression and then you open your doors and you bring in staff and you don't teach them about the expression and you don't turn that expression into actionable training, into actionable uh, designed experiences because the experience does not come out of thin air if it comes out of discipline. If it just is, if the experience just is, if it just exists, it's being designed by somebody else, not you. So this is something I think that we see an awful lot with, I see it in the hospital, I've seen it in the hospitality trade for years, millions of dollars are put into the shell of a building, the beautiful design, and then they'll spend a few hours hiring staff, open the doors, and try and serve to that grand expression. That expression was that building. It's like, here's who we are. I remember seeing this big, this uh, Mexican restaurant, big opening to huge fanfare. Uh, they spent millions on the outfitting of this amazing Mexican restaurant with so many authentic uh, interior design elements. Uh, the outside, it just looked amazing. Their logo, their everything about them said, we're Mexican. And then I remember seeing them launch their menu, and it said, we got mac and cheese, we got burgers, we got this, we got that. You know, they had a few Mexican items. Right. But they were so afraid to, to create a true experience that was true to their expression, they lost confidence and they lost faith in it, and they decided, well, you know what? Not everybody likes Mexican food, so we should have the old American favorites on there as well, and immediately diluted their experience. Okay, so those are great. That's a, that's a perfect example, and that's a great point. I'll give you two more to that. Um, when we did a, um, we, we really turned bowling upside down in Pickerington, Ohio, and we developed a brand called Rule Three that in in uh, 2008, 2009, won Best uh, Design Bowling Center in the World. Um, and what we focused on there was expression, experience, expression, experience. And that's what we, that was our mantra internally. The owners were so captivated by the expression of the brand they did not they only wanted to do things that added value through its experience so we overhired 3x the number of employees to begin the brand knowing that we would have attrition of two-thirds of those employees that would not or could not live into or up to and that's the important phrase live into and up to the brand expression 
They may on paper look like they, they want to. They may do And this is only the human factor of, of brand experiences, right? I'm just talking about the human factor in your example of a Mexican restaurant whose menu was not engineered properly to its own authenticity based on its expression. Right. Right. So the same thing with us with rule three. And it was a, it was um, it was hard to watch on a ledger the amount of money we were spending in those first 90, 126 months, you know, 120 days up to six months. But after six months on month seventh, Barry, when we realized that we almost vetted the cream of the crop and those that were remaining, you know, that was our th- th- those were our Navy seals of the brand. Right. And when you watch that grandmother come with her uh, grandson in to bowling and that ambassador reached to the grandmother's hand and said, oh, there's a bench right here. Would you like to sit here? Why, you know, your grandson gets his bowling shoes. Every touch, you know, this in the hospitality industry being met, it actually influences the expression of the brand and gives it new voice through the experience. That's great experience. Uh, another another prime example of that, of course, is when Apple opened its first retail stores, and you know, none of them are on commission. They walk around as uh, information givers and product providers, and you feel a sense of a playground. It's almost like Disney for technology. Uh, so that idea of the experience, I, I keep wanting to use this word, reinforcing or giving renaissance to the expression is a moment of home run. It can almost, year two, year three, year ten of that brand development, the experience, if done right, can almost reaffirm and reinform the original expression better than your first intention. So it behooves the owner, the CEO, the, the CMO to truly understand all of these touch points of their business because it's not just inside the four walls. It's also on things like social media. It's on their direct mail campaigns. It's on the signage outside their door. It's on how every one of their employees interacts with the public, with their clients when they leave the building. And this is a lot of work to do. And this is experience design is unbelievably difficult yet unbelievably rewarding when done correctly. So I guess that... what we're really saying is this is where you have to put in the time. There's mm-hmm. just, there's no shortcuts to experience design. But boy, we've all witnessed experiences that have shocked us because they're just that good. Yes. Uh, simple little things. I remember when I was being trained as a hotel manager back in Ireland, back in 1997, we had an unbelievable restaurant manager who was training me in the restaurant aspect of business. And we were training on, on the job. And he explained to me that you should always call the guests by name. And I thought, okay, that's, that's interesting. But he said, and here's how you're going to get their name. They've given you their credit card. Uh, now, that's a very simple thing. But how, how many times have you handed somebody your credit card to pay and they say, what name should I put that under? Exactly. Well, look at the credit card. It's in your hand. Put it under that name. Right. It's, it's probably going to be the same name. My heart, soul, and money are in your hand. <laughs> So there's simple little things that that's just a tiny example of experience design that can wow the customer. It's just, it's a nice little touch in Panera Bread to be handed back your credit card and say, thank you, Mr. Chandler. Your order right. will be ready in a moment. Or thank right. you, Barry. Right. It's just small, but it's experience right. design. It lives up to the brand. Yes, yes, yes. Great point. And then thirdly, we talk about, so, so, so once you have your expression, again, your doctrine, your voice, your articulation, once those experiences um, Remember, an experience is things like intimacy, understanding what Barry just talked about, the intersection of the brand during an experience. Can I add one more point to experience? Yeah, yeah. Because we wrote a blog post called Our Interns Destroying Your Brand. 
and it's where and we'll link to it in the show notes. But it's just another example of experience design. You could build the best building, the best business, have the most amazing products, the most amazing expression of your products and services, think you've designed all of your experiences, and you've handed off the uh, front line of management of your, the public-facing front line of your business to interns to manage your social media, who may not be best equipped or best informed of your brand expression. The third pillar in creating an exceptional brand, of course, is the, you know, this entire idea after the experience is the expectation. So what is the consumer's expectation? What is your B2B client's expectation of what you've delivered through that experience that was reinforcing your original intent called the brand expression? Now, brand expectations can be can help to re-express that brand and they can in a positive way adding value or they can be disparate and add gaps to the brand experience which actually has a negative a negative equity effect on the brand's promise or initial expression while the experience may be the most difficult to implement the most difficult to manage is expectations why do you think that is? So I think that obviously it's for that very reason that expectation has to completely match expression and experience. If it doesn't, you, like you say, you've got a negative experience or you might have a positive experience. What if accept expectation, my experience was way better than I expected. So I've got a positive expectation or a result of, of that experience with the brand. I think it's very difficult. I think it's it's become increasingly more difficult for brands to cope with the the dearth of feed or the not the dirt but the 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 sheer quantity of feedback that they're getting uh, now for as a, as a brand through social media through uh, digital means that they've never had to deal with before <clears throat> many brands are, are 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 taking the ostrich theory and they're avoiding it not, not wanting, smart not smart at all those brands that are truly embracing this feedback to truly understand the expectation and how it really played out are able to go back and course correct either their expression or more likely their experience. Right, and, and I think it's important what Barry just said, more likely their, when he said course correct, more likely their experience. That expression shouldn't have to be course corrected if it was written correctly um, the first time. Remember I said to be honestly transparent in writing that expression, but you can certainly take a litany of your brand experiences. Let's say that you have 200 variable brand experiences in your arsenal and you receive um, consumer expectations being unmet. You might be able to simply um, uh, strategically go back and change 12 of those to reinforce that expectation, monitor that expectation through your digital channels or through consumers walking in belly to belly, whatever your business is, whether it's all online, whether it's retail or, or, or brick and mortar, or whether it's a mix. Monitor that to make sure that it is fulfilling the the experience and that those experiences are reinforcing the expression. Now, the expression might change if your competitive landscape changes, if your product mix, service mix changes, but only then because obviously it's got to be true to what you provide. And if the marketplace has deemed that you can't compete with what you thought you had or what you had previously, you have to change your whole your whole arsenal. 
obviously then your expression changes. That's right. And we're going to get into just that in, in one of our uh, upcoming chapters entitled positional differentiation. And sometimes you will have to change your positional differentiation uh, due to competitive fire, as Barry just said. And in doing so, it's going to change how you express your brand if you're, if you're positioning it in, in, a, in another gap. So we, ha- we have a client right now who you built the brand for and who is experiencing some expectation issues. And the clients are expressing this online. And it is feedback that the brand can choose now whether to take or to dismiss. But our argument is that this is fundamental to your business and your revenue and your bottom line, top line and bottom line. They're directly, there's a direct correlation between that expectation not being met because the expression was so solid and so powerful and the experience that was initially designed was so powerful. However, over time, it's faded. That's and right. It has it is time for re reenergization of that experience so that the expectation can be met truly and and you know wholly. Yes, well said, perfectly said. And 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 how do we measure? How do we monitor this? How do Barry and I do this for every client every day? Um, we do it through a process that is very simple that we call the three V's, and that's value, variance, and validation. So. Value begins where? It begins in the expression. Um, So as soon as you have that brand expression, you are stating, this is my value, this is my articulation, this is my voice. Where do variances come in? Well, variances don't necessarily come in at brand expectations from the consumer. They are either validating you or they are not validating you. Rather, the most difficult challenge is the brand experience. So variances happen during a brand experience. The hardest thing to control, as we talked about. Uh, and then the last V is validation. Validation happens in brand expectation. In other words, everything that you said to me in your expression, everything that I felt in your experience is true. Check mark. I validate this brand as one that I want to share I want to experience all the time. And I want to become part of my, my, my personal manifesto of how I'm going to live my life. Of course, again, Apple did a absolutely wonderful job of this. W Hotels does a wonderful job, right? You would say in the hospitality side through experience and validation and non-validation. But a moment that the experience, let's say again that you have 500 different touch points experiential touch points the moment there's a bed bug at a w hotel all of a sudden that experience is devalued the expression is meaning meaningless and you are no longer validated and so what you do once you have that experience so once you've made your decision it either it validated it didn't validate what you do next is to us uh, just paramount right as a brand as a brand so we want to know with a brand what its customers are doing once they've had that experience. Is there crickets? Is it just apathy? Because it's just meh. I don't care. It's okay. I got. I guess I got what I expected, but it's just meh. It's, it's not important to me. Or is it so good or so bad that they've taken to digital channels, they've taken to their own uh, social graph and shared that experience and what Brian Solis from the Altimeter Group calls that ultimate moment of truth, playing on Google zero moment of truth, taking it one step further and saying that zero, mo- or that ultimate moment of truth is when an experience was either so good or so bad that you went and you shared it. Right. Now, this has been happening for generations. We, people have 
gathered at the water cooler on a Monday morning and said, I had the worst meal of my life on Friday night in this, in this tavern. Don't ever go there. But now it's trackable. Unless you bugged the water cooler years ago, you weren't, you weren't getting that information. Right. So today we can see that, and it's on social media, and it's easy for us to find. And so we, as a, as a brand agency, are able to monitor that. You as a company can monitor dimensions of your own um, ultimate moment of truth to see to, and to validate for yourself, was there validation for the customer? Did it truly happen for them? That's right. That's right. And, 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 and to kind of help wrap up this section, we say that when a brand expectation doesn't live up to a brand expression, then experience is negative, right? Or experience won't be, um, it'll, have, it'll have a variance that could be validated or, or not. Right. Um, so this idea of brand expectation is the ultimate judgment. Brand expectation is the ultimate judgment of a brand. And this is why we talk about brand uh, democratization through social. You better pay attention to that channel, and you're not going to be perfect. There is, no, there is no perfect balance because we interact with the humankind. Right. So... While there's no perfect balance, what we're all trying to aspire to and what we're trying to achieve is this brand exceptional, an exceptional brand, which we're arguing is that alignment of all of these three now, be, better, best, brand expression, brand experience, and brand expectation. And when they all come together, you have the bones of an exceptional brand, and that's what we're trying to strive for. That's right. And, and we say to clients every day that, you know, this, what we're calling, you know, again, a zero friction goal, total honesty that's expressed through well-aligned, engaged experience resulting, you know, resulting in fulfilling and exceeding customer expectations. That's the idea of an exceptional brand. I love your line that exp- expectational victories refuel the always aspiring brand expression. That's great. Thank you. So I think this has been an enlightening chapter. I think a lot, any business, small or large, are going to have a takeaway from this. We're going to add into the show notes some diagrammatic or rough sketches on the back of a napkin, exactly what this looks like while we model this out fully, because it's something that's been evolving for us as we've intersected in our own agency, digital and brand uh, capabilities. This has come to the forefront and forced us to truly uh, plot this and graph this and understand this model in, in, in intricately. And we're going to share that as, as we, as we work through that. So, uh, if, you're in, if you've enjoyed this chapter, if you've enjoyed other chapters, what we'd love you to do so we can keep doing this is please head over to iTunes and leave a review for us. Uh, it's going to be very helpful for us. Uh, we've had some great reviews so far and we're really enjoying putting together these chapters and we're going to continue doing that. So as always, I'm Barry Chandler from Storyhouse, the weekly brand and digital direction show for CEOs, CMOs and business owners. I've been here with my co-host, Brad Sarconi. This has been chapter number seven, Be Better Best, how to pursue the perfect balance for building an exceptional brand.